0: Everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I never thought I'd ever say I miss traffic, but I miss traffic. And yes, you know what I mean. I don't actually miss traffic, but I miss my fellow New Yorkers. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. Again, Yoni not in studio. We're doing everything remotely these days, as you should be as well. Flatten the curve, folks. Flatten the curve. Stay home stay safe and stay home we are we are continuing our commitment to you our Nahum Siegel network audience and community to bring you as much brand new quality programming as possible as part of that commitment I'm just letting you know that this show that is airing Thursday has been recorded a little earlier in the week just to make sure that um that we can stick to that commitment frankly we can stick to that commitment I am here Nahum is here and of course by here I mean virtually here Mark is here Yoni is here Avrami Lord knows Avrami is here We are all here making sure to be with you every step in the way in this most uncertain time. We uh, had a great time last week doing doing our Zoom live lunch. Stay tuned. I don't know what's going to be today in terms of the live lunch starting at 11 a.m., but we shall see. That is for sure. Everybody stay tuned. But if you haven't already noticed, we have been – um simulcasting with united mizrahi in the morning from 7 to 9 a.m eastern time jm and the a.m has been facebook lived and zoom lived with united mizrahi so they have put together 24 hours of programming and we provide two hours of that programming every single day that is 7 to 9 a.m you can hear and see jm and the a.m by going on facebook live or going to their zoom link you can Find that all on the United Mizrahi Facebook page, or if you can't, just do me a favor and shoot me an email, miriam at nachlamsiegel.com, and I will certainly give you that information as well. I do also want to remind everyone to um, to give a shout-out to all of the healthcare professionals who are making sure to take care of us every single day. Earlier in the week, the governor did mention, um, and the governor, I should say, Um, I don't know if the word is commanded, but certainly notified all New York hospitals that they will be moving to an additional 50 percent capacity, if not an additional 100 percent. So they have, I mean, literally everyone has been called in who is a retired medical professional, is a volunteer medical professional, to you know, as my father would say, all hands on deck, everyone who is able to help and who is certified in some medical field has been asked to come in and, uh, and be a part of it. So uh, I shout out, I, I am not a person who's, um, whose professional life requires me to put my life on the line for someone else. That is for sure. But I thank God for those who are doing that and, and who do that on a daily basis. That is for sure. Um, let's get to the national holidays. Yeah, we're still trying to keep things as normal as possible around here in an abnormal world. I mentioned last week, by the way, that I've been asking my kids while they are doing their Zoom classes to wear their uniforms. And um, I can't say again that it's made me the most popular mom, but other parents have been on board with it as well. So i got to encourage it. It's really not the craziest idea I've ever come up with, but... It is, if it's part of your kids' routine to normally wear a uniform to school, then let them wear a uniform while they're doing their Zoom classes as well. It'll help place their minds and remind, or place them in a mindset, I should say, that reminds them that even though they may not be in the school building, they are still in school. Today's national holidays. Yes, today's national holidays are Legal Assistance Day who I'm sure are working very very hard today as are so many people. Live long and prosper day. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a Trekkie, then um this is your day. Make up your own holiday day. Yeah, I think that would be a good creative opportunity today. It's purple day. Not sure why. I'm sure it has something to do maybe with uh with cancer research of some sort. And it's also Spinach Day. Yeah, I'm totally into that. And I'm sure that the gentlemen with whom I usually uh, have lunch are probably very, very happy that the, that I am not sharing Spinach Day with them today. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And... I, I, I didn't expect to have her back on this quickly, but who knew that Kids in the Kitchen was going to have a part two of their interview simply because we are all home with our kids. Susie Fishbein joins me, and of course, she is not only a cookbook author, not only a cooking teacher, culinary tour leader, runs camp programs, does absolutely everything, but at this point, I think she is everyone's best friend. And, and I'm going to explain why in a minute. Susie Fishbein, good morning, and thanks for coming back. Good morning. Funny
1: you mention I'm all those things, because right now I am none of those things. <laughs> I am trapped in my house like everybody
0: else. Right. But as I've, <laughs> as I've been saying, this is our temporary reality, but it is not our new reality. And so I imagine that when everyone can get out of their houses, please God, and life goes back to whatever the new normal is, then life in Italy and your culinary tours and everything else that we're so used to in terms of following you, uh, we'll we'll please get back right into the groove. So um, and you know
1: what? In such a in such with a, with such a different uh, you know pair of reality goggles. I mean, to get my family out for a family walk, you know, a month ago would have been like, come on, everybody, come on, we're going, we're going, everybody, get your sneakers on, we're going. And now we do a one-hour family walk, and it's like. Oh my god we're going for a walk and right. oh my god that house is beautiful did you ever notice that house before right. and oh my god the air feels so amazing <laughs> and i couldn't get everyone back in the house yesterday so it's like a whole new i don't know just a whole new feeling and appreciation for things that never really thought about before
0: no i totally agree with you my kids um on shabbos played lineup together in our backyard for two hours and I, I'm like, and I at one point I looked at Steven and I'm like, look out the window, don't let them see you, don't let them see you. <laughs> what is happening? And right, you don't want to let. Them. It's like it's like a bear. The bear don't don't move. The bear won't see you. So I so I I came downstairs and uh, one of my kids said to me, Yeah, we're gonna have recess every day together. I'm like, who? I was like, you know, <laughs> and they've decided that every day they're going to be, you know, ha- playing outside together. I mean, there are, thank God, six of them go outside. You could make a small classroom. So That's awesome. Yeah, thank God. I'm really not, I'm, those are, you know, people talk about the silver linings. This is certainly a silver lining. But in terms of even more of a silver lining, I mean, the last time you were on was just a couple of weeks ago. and We talked about the anniversary of Kids in the Kitchen. I mean, yes. pull that book out. Is that ever more relevant than it is now? yeah yeah I actually Miriam, tonight, um
1: for the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy. Um, I am doing a Zoom classroom of um, cooking. I actually did this last week for Westchester Day School. Um, but this time I'm, I'm asking Kushner if they could please tape it so that I could then post it on my Susie Fishbine fan mm-hmm. page on Facebook so kids who don't go to Kushner then have the ability to cook. And it's like um, it, it's a real-time cooking class where, you know, we sent out the recipes in advance so people could, in however they're getting their ingredients, um, and to organize their equipment and to preheat their ovens so that the kids can actually cook. In real time. That's fabulous. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that... Uh, and, and the topic is breakfast for dinner. And we're doing these gorgeous <laughs> Dutch um, berry banana pancakes. And we're doing breakfast burritos with, a, like, a Mexican twist. So it should be, uh, should be good stuff.
0: No, I, it sounds... And then I'm doing it
1: tomorrow night, actually, for <sighs> Camp Nasher and Camp Shoshanim. Um, so... Hopefully, we'll have some stuff to post.
0: Right. No, it sounds like you will, and, and and it all sounds great. And obviously, the the any way that we can keep our kids interested and involved in something other than just. You know, Fortnite is, is important both for their mental health and for our mental health. But also, you know, as a person who's usually exceedingly territorial in the kitchen, um, making room for my kids and making room for them to use the, the, the kitchen as a classroom in this environment when the entire house has become their schoolhouse, uh, you know, or their school building is also very important as a parent. So
1: I highly recommend the following scenario. <laughs> this takes care of both some cleaning for Pesach and some using up some ingredients for Pesach. I would, if I was a parent of younger kids, I would go to my pantry and I would take every single thing out, because that's the way you have to clean for Pesach anyhow, and I would line it all up on my table. And I would run one or two nights worth of chops competitions and A, have the kids then make dinner, B use up ingredients that have to get rid of anyhow, and C if kids cook, they're going to eat. So one last night of fetching of I don't want that, ma. Wow.
0: <laughs> so, um,
1: I think that that's like a, a a good easy fun family activity that takes care of a lot of things, and you can you know you you know the the, the grownups in the house could then clean out that pantry while the stuff is out you know, out right.
0: on the counter. No, that's a great idea. Of course, in my house, they would all opt for and the, someone with the kids, Does that idea make you cringe? Or do you think that's a good idea? No, you know, I older kids. Right. No, so listen, <laughs> I think it's a, no, I think it's a great, I think it's a great idea. And obviously certain things, you know, must be done under parental or adult supervision. You don't want that kid who's, you know, five years old saying, I just have to heat up the water. Right. So those, right. well,
1: you make teams, you, you know, you make teams. Of course. And obviously there's adult supervision. There are, always things, you know, even in this cooking class, and I'm giving tonight and tomorrow night, which is completely geared for kids, you know, there are parts that I say, grab your grown-up, you know, when you're taking a hot
0: pie plate out of the oven, you know, that's
1: uh, and you do it twice in, in the recipe I'm doing, you know, you don't do that on your own. No,
0: for sure not. Susie Fishbine joins us this morning. We are discussing ways to share our kitchen space with our kids and make, obviously, this time go a little bit smoother and maybe a little bit faster and off cleaning a little bit easier. I love the chop. You no, know, and also
1: I think people are finding it a little bit overwhelming of how much food they're turning out. You know, when you right. send your kids to school, you know, usually you give them something for breakfast and then you do have to plan something for dinner but add on now all their snacks and all their meals it's it's you know that cooking piece if someone's not so into cooking that's a lot of pressure 100%. you know and people who have older kids at home you know you're feeding four five six you know grow, grown up appetites that's a lot of food you know you can't get away with a you know with with a grilled cheese and go you know, I have friends who are just overwhelmed with the amount of protein that their families are going through and that they're constantly having to prepare and cook.
0: No, I, I certainly agree with that. I just found myself defrosting more chicken this morning that I didn't appreciate. I was going to need before Shabbos. But, yeah, the, the landscape is different on so many levels that keeping, you know, there are a lot of balls in the air. And obviously we don't want to let the balls drop. But when the when a ball does drop, you don't want to let it shatter and you certainly just want to pick it back up. So there are as a parent there is so much balancing that goes on even when you're not all homebound, but certainly now anything that we can do to keep our wits about us is is certainly recommended. You talk about Pesach, um, we talk about Pesach a lot and you've already started talking about it very in in such a sharing and caring and friend like uh, I don't even know I don't know how to say it best, but I'm, but you've been sharing all of your recipes. You have a lot of Pesach recipes, and you have a Pesach cookbook, and you've been sharing Pesach-friendly recipes on your fan page by starting by saying, listen— a lot of you are going to be making making pay for the first time, and I don't want you to be overwhelmed, so I'm going to help you out. And I also don't want you to spend extra money on having to buy a new cookbook, so I'm going to put them out there for free. I I, I have to applaud you. Know,
1: cookbook you. authors make a living by selling their cookbooks, and there's like a, a rule of conduct that you don't just snap pictures on all these websites and post authors. I mean it's, it's their it's their Parnassa, it's right. their heart and soul, it's what they do for a living, it's what Art Scroll does for a living, and that's always the unspoken rule. But I feel like well the rules are out the window and people are so stressed and so panicked, and I feel like I was in the position and thank God I am in the position that if I, I don't make the sale from, you know, Passover by Design this year, so be it. People are really, really hurting and really, really stressed. So that was, you know, an idea that I thought I could gift to the community that I would allow just my own recipes. It's not a forum for you to post other people's because other cookbook authors, you know, will very likely feel very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I just wanted to have a, a, a space for people to say, oh, my God, like, what do I do? You know, I, I remember and, and I'm Susie Fishbein and I remember the first time I made Pesach. You don't, have a, you don't have a pot. You don't have a peeler. It's such the first time it's, it is overwhelming. Uh, you know, now I could do it with my eyes closed. Right. I have all my equipment. I know what recipes work. So I feel like people who haven't need someone they can trust to say, here's some easy recipes. Here's how they work. Here's how you adjust them. You know, here's some pictures to get your juices going. Don't overplan. Don't just go to the supermarket and put $500 worth of ingredients in your cart. Think about what you're making. Put it down on paper. Naomi Nachman on her website has a very cool template that you can just print out that says, like, Wednesday, Arab Chag, what are you serving? Wednesday night at the Seder, Thursday for lunch, Thursday for dinner, and she goes through every day. You can lay it out. If you see it in front of you, you'll realize, I don't need too much. Right. You know, I-, I need one or two main dishes, one or two side dishes. I don't need every... New sauce and dressing and everything that you see in that aisle. And if you go without having planned that out, that's exactly what's going to happen to you.
0: One hundred percent
1: spending and wasting.
0: One hundred percent. And people should know that eggs and potatoes and the normal staples and onions are available. The panic that that uh, we've seen so far doesn't need to exist. Even if this is your first pace off True. We can all get. We will all get through this together, and we can get through this together. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Susie Fishbine joins me. Susie, the first one of the first recipes that you um, that you posted for Pesach, I think was the was it the coffee cake or was it the uh, the zebra cookies?
1: Um, on on this go around when I started sharing things, yeah, I think one of the first things I posted, and actually this is with kids in the kitchen in mind were the carrot muffins, because oh. those carrot muffins are very, very easily made kosher for Pesach, and kids love them, and adults love them, and they're not made with margarine, they're made with oil, um, and the way that you substitute is just a combination of mozzameal meal and potato starch, and you can use, if, you can, if you're lucky enough to find baby food carrots, m- most you know places are not going to carry that but you can use a can of carrots and if you can't find that you can steam up as if you were making baby food fresh carrots so this is like within everybody's wheelhouse right. there's no there's nothing that you must must find in order to make this recipe happen so i would say that's like a nice easy one and that yes there is a naga Brux coffee cake from passover by design that i put up on that site um what what were some of
0: the other the things zebra that, cookies? Uh, somebody had posted the zebra the, cookies. Right, somebody mm-hmm. had posted that they were that they they saw the recipe. They made their ze- they made the zebra cookies for the first time. Now, what I thought was interesting about that is that they were making their Pesach recipe. Now, now I'm not saying that they were making it kosher for Pesach, but they were giving it a whirl. And I thought that that mm-hmm. was a great idea. You know, you're taking all you're taking the time to post your personal recipes on your fan page so that people can you know be. Empowered and ready for Pesach, but I also thought it was a great idea. Hey, use with your chametz sticka stuff for now. Use your non-Pesach stuff for now, so that when you're ready to cook for Pesach, you've already made this recipe and you're not scared that it's kosher for Pesach. You've done this one already,
1: right? Although I hope that people have come to trust me over these seventeen years to know that I test these recipes and yeah, they have stood the test of time, so that the first time you use it. It will be perfect the first time and every time, and that's, I think, what you know, what what part of the right. secret of the series has been is that people really can trust them, even if it's the very first time they're in their kitchen, let alone if it's the first time using any particular recipe. Um, and then the fact that I am on that fan page, I'm really trying to be very responsive. You know, in the middle of somebody's crisis, I can right. I can be there to, to kind of lend an ear or, or give some advice. So the Susie um, Fishbun, don't just don't just search Susie and That's my personal page. I, I don't I'm not you know I don't have. Um, I'm not accepting onto that. It has to be the Suzy Fishbine fan page, and as right. soon as you get on there, you'll start seeing all those Pesach posts.
0: Yeah, I guess you could call it the Suzy Fishbine uh, seal of approval. That any recipe that you <laughs> that you have posted up there and that you have printed or that has gone to print and you've shared is already been tested a million times over. Um, that's you know that That's a very good way of putting it, a hundred percent. One of my um, favorite things that you do besides making things accessible, and this also goes through your fan page and the message that you've been putting out, is that everything is doable. whether it's the fanciest roast or you know or um, I've been going through your your um, penultimate cookbook in terms of recipes that you've traveled and brought back and are and that look totally inaccessible to the to the home cook but yet I am going to break it down cuz I'm Susie Fishpond and I can help you through this. So there's something about the accessibility of what you're doing here that is that is reminding everyone that I've done it and this is how you can do it. Right. And having not been a trained chef, I think that
1: that also helps with my believability cuz I'm not a trained chef and I've never taken a cooking class. I've never even taken a cooking class like the kind of cooking classes I give. Right. So people you know, that that is part of the uh the relatability. Yeah, and, no, and I, it seems to work. And I it seems agree. to work. And you know and, and as much as people are overwhelmed, I also don't want people to feel like, Oh, I just have to get through a It's like it's gonna make like one or two things and like, at the end of the day in whatever shape or form, however small or maybe even sad, and all of us have something that is gonna be missing, someone that is gonna be missing from our table that we had planned on having. But it is still gonna be a Seder and it still is a moment for your family and it still is a reason to celebrate. And so even though we're kind of heavy hearted making, you know, our plans and our menus, it's still gonna happen. So, you know, spend some time and think about how you wanna make it nice, you know, and sometimes that does come along with a a dish, And sometimes that, that recipe is, you know, your Bubby's brisket. It's not something new. It's not something from somebody else's cookbook. It's something from your own family's recipe box. But it still is a yuncif coming. And as much as we're all sad and heavy hearted, um, you know, it's going to come anyhow. So. Make, you know, make it as, as special as you can make
0: it. No, I think you're making a very good point. It's like um, everyone being reminded that on Fridays it's still Shabbos tonight. Make sure to get dressed. Make sure to daven together and be as, you know, spiritually connected as possible. It was also part of Governor Cuomo's, one of Governor Cuomo's press conferences earlier in the week in which he said, um, We are all practicing, we should be all be practicing social distancing, but still being spiritually connected. And to me, that was a very, um, I don't want to say religious, but it was a but it was a higher level of of message to people that we can all still be spiritually connected, and it's a beautiful thing to remind people that yeah, you are going into your seder, and yes, this is the holiday of redemption. And we
1: do do nice things. We do prepare nice menus. We think about what we want to serve at our seder, and don't let that go by the boards. You know, it's not just another meal we have to get through. Right. Um, you know although it sort of feels that way at the moment but don't let it don't let it feel that way that night don't let it sneak up on you really you know give it a little bit of thought
0: right 100% and and as part of that we as we all know people who are going to ultimately be alone for Pesach whether they're of a um you know they're a of a demographic where they are um Shall we say more at risk than other people, and therefore need to stay home, or that they couldn't get anywhere because they couldn't get on a plane for whatever reason? There, they couldn't make it to your table, to someone else's table. We have a responsibility to each other to connect in some way, shape, or form. If they're around the corner from you, and you can drop something off at that at their house before Yentif, that makes it's that makes that person feel that they were thought of. Can you imagine how far that could go? It's true. It is true. It is very, very true. Susie Fishbine joins us this morning. We're going through a couple of last-minute tips before we get into real heavy-duty Pesach prep. Um, And of course, we have our kids around us. You know, this is probably an opportunity for kids who have never seen how Yuntif is really made, because either Mm, they get off right, they get off from school, (laughs) and uh, you know, the hard work or the heavy lifting has basically already been done, or they've never been home for a Pesach. They go to their grandparents, they go to a hotel, they go on a trip, Mm. whatever it is. So there's a lot of education (laughs) that is taking place right now in a home that hasn't before. What do you think is the easiest, the easiest thing to, the easiest task, I should say, to give a kid in order to get them into the Pesach preparations?
1: You know, it depends. It depends who your kid is. For a kid with a ton of energy, some sort of cleaning help, I think would, you know, get out some of their, uh, some of their, their antsiness and some of their energy. For a kid who's more, cerebral, maybe organizing, you know, your Pesach ingredients so that you see what you have. Um, you know, it it depends who your kid is. Uh, for a kid, you know, who's more, you know, book-oriented, let them put together your menus. Let them go through, you know, the cookbooks and the websites and get them involved, you know. Delegate. A lot of us, you know, who who like to get things done just quickly and efficiently, <laughs> we're not good delegators. Um, but Become a better delegator, you know. This time, you know, there's no outsiders watching, you know. <laughs> this is like right. <laughs> if it's not perfect, it's not perfect. It's just for you and your and, and your you know, and whoever's and whoever's trapped in your house with you. Um, think about all the tasks and break them down. You know, sometimes we do so many things we don't even realize how many steps are involved in what we're doing. Think about it and break it down based on your kids' ages of what they can you know, what they can help you accomplish.
0: I think that's such a great, I think that's such a great tip. I'm going to give my kids all the responsibilities of cutting every single onion into tiny little pieces. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's Do a good You dump. have
1: onion goggles. Right. Otherwise that would just be brutal.
0: You know what I've done? What a friend of mine told me is to put the onion, put an onion in the freezer for about five to seven minutes and it comes out, it takes out the bite before you chop it.
1: Well, that will help a little bit with the release of the sulfur. You know, onions contain sulfuric compound. And when you cut into an onion, you release that sulfur into the atmosphere. And when it hits your eye, it's a natural irritant and it makes you cry. Is that what it is? Yes, exactly what it is. So in any, you know, scientific, you know, reaction heat speeds things up and cold slows things down so that'll release it but kids tend to cut slower than we do so they'll be crying you know uh, an onion and a half in if you don't have onion goggles swim goggles will do the same thing anything that'll make an airtight seal around their eyes will keep them chopping for much much longer and quite honestly it works great with grating maror same same issue
0: oh Susie! (laughs) i didn't know okay this is amazing. We're we're gonna cut this short here. We're gonna end here because this is hey. the best tip I've ever heard in my entire. Then life. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Susie Fishbine, I I thank you very much as always. First of all, yes, you are a source of comfort and smiles to so many different people, and um and yeah, it, if you haven't already signed up for Susie's fan page, you really should. Not just because of the situation that we're in, but because she's mm. always sharing great things. And um, and because she's just a good friend to anybody who knows her personally or just professionally. Thank you. So happy
1: to be part of your life and part of this uh, greater community.
0: Thanks, Susie. And I wish you a Chag Kasher V'sameach. And, um, yeah, keep your wits about you. We all are, right? Hang in there. Yeah, exactly. Hang <laughs> in there. Bye, everybody. Take care. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Segal Network. And a full afternoon of programming continues here. And the live lunch. We're going to see what happens with the live lunch today. I'm sure. I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to check it out. Live lunch starts at just the top of the hour. I'm going to pull up a song in the back. Probably not in the back. I'm going to pull up a song. I'm going to end this now. Just don't forget the uh, the afternoon continues 4 p.m. is Jay, is um, throwback. Th- 1 p.m. Is, is throwback Thursday. We have 7 p.m. is the Arab Shabbat show hosted by Mark Zamek. Tomorrow morning, Jame Name, hosted by Nahum Siegel. You know, let me tell you what we're playing now and why we're playing it. El Al flew this unbelievable flight back from Peru taking all of these Israeli backpackers and saving them and bringing them back to Israel during what is the craziest time in all of our lives. And what did they sing on the plane? Kol ha'ulam kulo. So that is what we are ending with today. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
2: Saremeo, compound